So today we have a very special guest, the newest addition to Easy Points team, Cameron Resnick. How are you doing today? Good, Zach. How are you? I'm doing great. And just Good. to cl- clear the air for the audience, Cameron and I actually are not related. Uh, nope. Well, we well we probably are related, but I did not know Cameron until a few weeks ago. So yep, just a random coincidence. Yeah, serendipitous. Same last name. Mm-hmm. So. Cameron, why why did you want to join Easy Point? What, what's your background in travel and miles and points? You know, I am always like if if you asked any of my friends, I would they would tell you that I'm always the guy looking for the deal, looking for the the way to get somewhere without paying full price. And for me, that that avenue is points and miles. And I think for a lot of people, their initial passion and in getting in this hobby is is saving money. And for me, I love to explore new places. I also like to go to back to the same places, but being able to do that efficiently and like find like fun ways to do it, like from using your everyday spending, has been awesome for me. And I think most people should be involved with it, but just don't like to take the time. So, do you have like an aha moment that you remember when you kind of went from not really knowing much about miles and points to obsessively learning as much as you can? I wouldn't say it's an aha moment, but it's a me sitting down looking at what I'm currently doing on my college credit card, what I'm getting, and then just looking at what some of these people are doing with their miles. So it's I found an, an advertisement for a group, just read over a few things, but just really understanding that like not all miles are created equal. That was, I, I guess that's my aha moment to realize – what I'm getting isn't the same as somebody else, and they're using it more efficiently. So how did you first capitalize on that? Do you remember the, the initial well, trips? Yeah. Uh, I mean, my I guess my first trip where I really used miles was to Hawaii. I used to go a ton as a kid uh, growing, growing up on the West Coast. I didn't realize how expensive it was when I was just like a 10-year-old getting taken, right? Like you're just like, oh, okay. But – I was able to take my girlfriend there, and we had a great time. But looking at the bill and what we saved, that time that I put in was really worth it. So, so your first trip that you were able to get with miles and points was Hawaii. But what are some of your, you know, better, most proud of redemptions slash trips that you've been able to do? I think my most recent one, where I was, you know, the thing about award travel is that prime times are always difficult to do. It's always hard to travel during Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, and we were able to do um, New Year's Eve in Paris uh, using Avios, using One Way Awards, and then using United on the Way Back, all at saver availability at the, at the lowest level and saved a lot of money. That was That's something that Pretty I'm – Pretty lucky. I'm, <laughs> it, it is. It is. It is. Anybody you ask would say, I actually got the last two um, – and normally – People don't like to use British Airways for the taxes and fees, but in this case being the only option, and I literally got the last two seats on the plane at Saver Availability. So it was there, and I never saw it again. I continued to check, and nothing ever else ever popped up. So that's a pretty amazing trip. Outside of whole trips, what are some like very specific things that you're, you're proud of, whether that's like booking a ticket for a friend or family you know, a specific bonus you've got and what's like kind of one or a few of these actual items that you've been able to capitalize on in your, your miles and points career? I think for me, and and some people value these things differently, being able to achieve 
top statuses uh, with hotel brands is really important for me. Call me crazy. I just love to have breakfast included with my hotel stay. That is like my biggest thing. I, I love having that and just um, having kind of having the red carpet rolled out for me. Being able to find that through this hobby has been incredible. Um, not not only just like through credit card use. Many credit cards out there have ways to achieve status just by spend, and that's that's something that maybe not a lot of people read into. But once you really get into those benefits, it can can really help you when you're on your trips. For me, I'm trying to cut every corner I can to spend the least amount of money possible, and that's something that really helps. What are some of the brands? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm top status with uh, with Marriott and Hyatt. Wow. Nice, and that's both yeah. just through spend. Um, not so. Hyatt's not through spend. Um, Hyatt, I was um, some status match like long ago. You could you could jump your way up with the Hyatt credit card. With the Hyatt credit card, they allow allow you a shorter amount of stays to get up to top status. But I've done so through through status matching and such, um, which isn't exactly a an opportunity now. But they do put out offers. Every now and again, they did most recently this year to reach globalist status with uh, with 20 stays um, if you had the Hyatt credit card. Cool. Yeah. So do you think the last decade or so of ever-increasing sign-up bonuses is sustainable? If programs continue to devalue their programs, like Marriott last night brought down a, or brought down a huge hammer with uh, – with a lot of their hotels, SPG not uh, not as many. So about eight percent of SPG hotels uh, went down or went uh, up in category, eight or nine percent, and then seven percent uh, went went up. So it's it was about even with SPG. I may have missed on those numbers by one or two percent, but and Marriott came down with a one in five of their hotels went up in category. Why is this relevant? A, a lot of people have that Marriott credit card. That has the the free night at a category five. Well, maybe your your new your favorite hotel is a category six now, and that's not as much value to you. So I think these programs realize what that when they pe- get people in at this sign up bonus, it's with at the current value of their points. And if they keep devaluing them, and people a lot of people like to hang on to their points, then those points are be will become increasingly less valuable. So yeah, I think if they can keep throwing out the big numbers out there, but if the points aren't good for anything, then people keep signing up and realize then realizing it might be tougher to use them. Well, so let me rephrase the question. Like over the last sure. decade, we've seen sign up bonuses go up, not just in terms of raw points, but in terms of actual value. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, but. So it used to be just generally it was easier to churn cards. So obviously if you you or I could maximize these programs way better two years ago, especially Mm -hmm. five years ago, but I I wasn't in the game then. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, neither. I I wasn't. (laughs) No. But I meant just more the raw value where it's even even though churning has gotten a lot harder, manufactured spend has gotten a lot harder, the actual sign-up bonuses in terms of it's just raw, like if you were to make a cash conversion. Yeah. Has been going up. You know, the Amex Platinum targeted 100K offers are still around. I've gotten one. I got my mom one about a month ago. And then the Chase Sapphire Reserve, you know, that you got the 100K there for some period of time. And, you know, I, I don't think it's out of the question that, like, when 
SPG and Marriott merger, and we see what happens with the credit cards, that we see another crazy bonus like that. So, question I is, wouldn't do be you, surprised. Do, what, what do you what do you see the timeline of this for? You know, I mean, years years down the road, do you think do you think it's a uh, it's sustainable for for this to, to happen? What what I would say is that our age, my age group, like mid twenties, a lot of people I talk to are afraid of signing up for credit cards. But when you throw a big bonus at them, you're like, look, if you sign up for this card, you you reach the minimum spend. It's all about for these banks. It's all about bringing people on and having them married to the, to that credit card. Not a lot of people out there. I say not a lot of people, but most people aren't out there worried about their 524 status or worried about their like if they're if they're bonusing every single uh, every single category they they just want to have one credit card that they use and for these banks getting those people to sign up for that card with a big bonus dangling and they're going to be a long-term customer that's what they care about and I, I as long as people keep signing up for their cards sapphire reserve was a huge hit obviously with that 100k bonus i th- think we're going to continue to see those go up like you said yeah, it's, it's an interesting development where it's it's gotten harder to really like game the system and to be right. like and just get millions and millions of miles as an individual from just applying for cars and limited manufactured spend. So mm-hmm. even though it's been harder for people like us to you know get the most out of these things, it's easier for the more casual travel hacker to get right. much better value. You know, like the Chase Sapphire Reserve is a game changer in terms of having one card. Yep, it is. It really so, is. And the, and then Chase brings you into their family and they're like, "Look, look what else we have to offer, right?" Yeah. Like it's it and that's their goal. If you have all your credit cards through Chase, Chase the Chase Sapphire Reserve did its job. Yeah, and I, I don't have the Chase Sapphire Reserve, but I ended up mainly switching to banking with Chase, both mm. personal and business banking, uh, in an effort to get cards under 524 that I wouldn't have mm-hmm. been able to get if I didn't have that personal relationship. Right now, you know, I'm also in my mid twenties and I will likely be, you know, running a business or running multiple businesses, needing access to business checking accounts. And I can't imagine not using Chase moving forward. That being said, Mm -hmm. I also think they, you know, provide some of the best, one of the best mobile apps, online services. If if that wasn't the case, I wouldn't be as loyal, but they got me, you know, and I don't even have the reserve. Same here. Yeah, I mean their interface is great. It's so easy, like not to like so easy. A campaign can do it, and I truly mean that. It's so easy to move around and see exactly what's going on. If you have multiple accounts with Chase, everything's right there for you. It versus the like the Amex site is for me not as not as easy to navigate as the Chase site. My my two cents. But. Oh yeah, for sure. And I I remember when I first started, the Amex customer support used to be really good. And it's probably still a little bit better than Chase, but it used to blow everything out of the water. And now right. it's just, you know, fine. Maybe a little bit better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Chase isn't paying us any money, so we can we can move on from how good yeah. Ch- Chase, is, yeah. Chase is. Another kind of just question about the space. Take as much time as you need with this, get as creative as you like. But what what are the earnings structure and reward structure of, let's say, like a dream business and dream personal card and have this something that banks could reasonably do, not just like, you know, free, free money, but something that would make sense for kind of both parties. So my personal made up credit card. Yes. 
Oh, wow, that's an interesting one. Caught me off guard. That's a that's a good one. Well, you know, I'd like to see something where. Well, it's kind it's kind of it's kind of difficult because as a business owner, a lot of the categories that you're used to spending and you have actually been updated on a lot of cards, like in terms of internet advertising spending and such. But I guess I guess I'd like to see one that really caters to the online business and everything about it from. Any, I guess, any kind of internet advertising, whether it be like straight through Facebook or uh, integrated through other websites, and just being able to, I guess, expense all of that under one account. Uh, God, I, you're kind of stumping me. I, I personally, I would say I'd love one that gets bonus points on sports tickets, unlike StubHub, <laughs> right? But, but uh, it's, you know, it's difficult to consider all the different options when you're when you're a business owner you never know what you're going to end up spending money on you have the cat obviously the categories that you are used to but maybe someday you need some uh some ticker tape for a parade maybe one day you need to buy some posters at the ups store so i'm gonna i'm gonna continue to think about it but i i guess my personally i would say a, a card that earns bonus points on on going to sporting events on uh and really caters around those types of experiences. And my my NFL card currently does, but it's only for the NFL. But I guess overall, just something that was for the for the everyday sports fan uh, to redeem experiences across the board. Nice. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really a lot of creative things that can be done with credit cards that I think aren't being done. The main one I think that should be explored is other type of transfer partners. Mm. So. Right now, the, the by far the most lucrative transfer partners are with airlines, uh, mm-hmm. and then after that, hotels. Mm-hmm. And that's because these are really inefficient markets. Like in the travel industry, when you book a ticket, whether it's if as long as it's not with miles, there's almost always an intermediary that's taking taking some off the top. And if you're booking through like a kayak or Momondo, that could be as high as fifteen or twenty percent. Right. This efficiency is. You know, almost unparalleled in any other industry. So, with miles and points, it's actually a way for airlines to do revenue management and make sure that they're getting a consistent amount of income because they can just sell these miles and points at huge discounts to the banks. Right. So, I think while it might not be as lucrative for, you know, real optimizers, travel hackers, or kind of reward hackers, broadly speaking, using other things, I think it could engender loyalty. So like, let's say we have that card that's for sports fans. Well, then maybe you have your rewards go to, you know, only things that are related to sports. It might not be as lucrative for the Uber optimizer, but it will engender loyalty for the average person in a much greater way and feel better. You know, like if, if you spend your money on a sports branded card, you get extra cash back on these sports and then you use it to spend on things related to sports. I think that's a, you know, win, win for everyone, the banks, right. the, the sports franchises or merch or whatever's in that industry. And then, and then yourself. Oh yeah. A lot of those leagues operate independently in terms of credit cards. So I, the NFL runs their own card through Barclays. Uh, NHL has a deal with discover, uh, NBA used to have a deal uh, with somebody. I, I don't think it exists anymore. Uh, it was short-lived, but you know it'd be cool to see them all under one roof with uh, transferable partners all around. Yeah. 
Okay, Cameron, before we run, uh, my last question for you is what is the thing that you're telling people that ask you about miles and points the most? Like, what is the one kind of kernel of advice that you constantly find yourself saying that you want to make the audience better understand? I think a lot of people that have experience in this have seen people say this, but it's, and I would say, just never hold a balance. Um, the miles aren't worth it. You know, when you start paying interest on your accounts, then you're you're really playing in the bank's favor, and the points that you're getting aren't going to beat twenty percent of your balance. It's not going to happen, or twenty percent APR. So. Uh, just to like stay reasonable with your spending. When you're hitting minimum spends, make sure you're doing so efficiently and just yeah, keep track of that stuff. Use apps to make sure that nobody's stealing your identity is another huge one for me. Great. Well, Cameron, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Zach. Yeah, and so anyone that's interested in a Miles and Points consult through EasyPoint, now you have the option of not just working with myself, but working with Cameron and Sue to be more team members. So to learn more about what we offer, uh, check out our website, easypoint.me. Thank you.